Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. Here at The Roundtable, we continue the conversations that we have had from Sunday morning and how you can have practical ways to help every person take their next steps towards Jesus together. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Roundtable. Mike's looking at me really creepy. No, I know because we didn't say what episode number, because I was I, thinking like you know it already. I just started talking. No, no, I made pointless. Oh, we usually go over that's it right. just that's to make sure right. we're on the same page. Well, that's because you never know. No, I know. Well, I never know anything. He doesn't. But we're on episode number 59. <laughs> Did you see her? She <laughs> Did you see it, I Nick? She had to look down. I did. Okay. I did. So no, I just said 59. That's fine. Yes, okay. 59. And my name is Jenny Walker. I am the social media ministry leader here at Life Church. Yeah, and I'm Mike Hill, lead pastor of Life Church. And again, we're thankful that we can get together, do the roundtable, and kind of a mantra. I was thinking about this because mm-hmm. I went back and listened. I don't usually listen to the podcast. Right. You know, so rare. I went back, listened rare. to it, kind of get an idea of you know, some things we were talking about. Well, anyway, the podcast has evolved. So we started the round table. In fact, if you listen to the intro beforehand, Mm -hmm. you know, the round table, because I hadn't done that in a while either. Like what happens on the before part. You you haven't listened to that whole new like song we have. And then, yeah, which I'm thinking, can we like jazz up the song? I loved that song, but yeah, we can do something like Skid Row or something. Sure. Hmm? Yeah. Like youth going wild instead it'll be like church going wild and Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's basically <laughs> what the podcast is sometimes. That's what I'm saying. We have went rogue. It's we have, different. But we it's have. better. I think it's better. Yeah, because we're hearing people's stories. Yeah, that's what we love about the round table now. Because yeah. Jenny has evolved it. So Jenny and Nick have spent a lot of time on saying like our mission here at Life Church is try to figure out how to continue to reach people and right. We're hoping that the only way to reach them is to get more people. Well, the way to get more people is to bring on special guests. Yeah. Right? So, Jacelyn is our special guest today, and mm-hmm. we'll get an opportunity to get to know her. I've known Jacelyn forever. So, mm-hmm. that's part of the cool thing is that I've known her and got a chance to disciple her brother, and Logan and oh, Lexi wow. were good friends. And yeah. I still get updates on Logan all the time and the things that's going on <laughs> through Lexi. But the evolution of the round table has been like, we said, oh, we want to talk about the Sunday morning, mm-hmm. go deeper and see what it's like. And we do kind of get to the Sunday morning, yeah. but more what we get to is what's going on in the lives of our guests mm-hmm. and what's happening and learning from them. Right. You know, how, how we can be better as a church, how we can be better individually and how we can continue to reach more people mm-hmm. because otherwise there's no reason to do it. And so thank you to everybody who knows the mantra of life church is nothing sacred except Jesus. Right. So we might start something in one way and it'll change up <laughs> six weeks later, but we don't care. Yep. You know, so for people that have asked me the question, well, I thought the round table was going to be this. I'm like, yeah, well, if you come into life church, don't get used to anything. Right. Right. Like the only thing you should get don't used get to. Don't get comfortable. No, I'm just saying, don't get used to anything other than hearing about Jesus. Right. right? And that's what we're doing. Right. That's what we're going to do. So, Jacelyn, welcome. Thankful that you're on with us today. So, tell us a little bit about you so that people who are watching or listening that don't know you and want to know a little bit about you, give us a little bit of your history, your past, your what you're doing today, what's going on in your life. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I never know where to start when people ask me. Well, let's start this, start this, because <laughs> you guys have been coming. Your mm-hmm. family had been coming to Life Church for quite a while, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember how long I you guys have been. I asked my parents, like, just the other day, actually. And I, I, we want to say it's been like 10 years. Yeah, that's oh, what wow. I say. It's been yeah. a long time. Wow. I was definitely yeah. still in school. I don't know what year, but it's been a long time that we've been coming here. So, 
Wow. Because yeah, so Mark is a huge like baseball guy. Like uh-huh. I honestly don't know what he does now, but mm-hmm. he used to do a bunch of travel teams. And then oh. when we started Champs, there used to be a batting cage mm-hmm. and stuff out there. And yeah. so he would bring people in and, you know, was a part of that too. Yeah. And, you know, so anyway, yeah, been, been around for quite a while. Yeah. 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 Um, and I still attend Life Church. Yeah. So uh, three-ish years ago, my parents moved to Fort Wayne um, and I and my boyfriend at that time started renting their house in Huntington from them. And we, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, I did. Um, wow. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, well, I love life church and I enjoy the people here. So we're going to continue coming. And so he started coming with me and he has at that time was a six year old son. He's now nine. So him and his boy started coming to church with me and now I am married and to that same guy. And we just, this is our church. This is where we're growing our family at. Yeah. So to give a perspective, and this is the, this is the thing that I will help the audience. And I think sometimes people are afraid to share their past, whether it's good or bad, right? Like it's, whether it's a good past or bad past, like they don't really talk about it that much. But what we're saying is, so for people to get perspective. So when Jenny talks about the Lord, when I talk about the Lord, or when we talk about life, it's always through the lens of, this is the way I grew up. Right. This well, is what I understood. Through. This is what I've been through in life. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about, because I honestly don't know that I know this, like right. part of your faith journey, faith journey with your family. And again, whether it's good or bad, it's not a elevating them because mm-hmm. they did a great job mm-hmm. or discounting them because they didn't do a good job. It's more of just saying a perspective. This is where I come from. And so I don't know. Did you grow up in church? Did you guys go to church for a long time? Yeah, you know, so, talk about your faith journey as a kid and kind of where yeah. you're at today. So um, we, I always grew up in a Christian home um, for the longest time. At least until I can remember, we started at Union Church and mm-hmm. I went, I was, I out of my, so I have an older and a younger brother and out of all three of us, I was the one who was more involved with church. And like, You're the better one. Yeah. The good yeah. kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> the good sheep. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's go to youth group. Like, let's go to church. I always at, every Sunday I was at youth group. I was always at church camp during the summers. Like my faith was very strong and very important to me growing up as a kid. And it still is now. Mm. Um, Once I hit high school, I still had that very strong relationship and Mm -hmm. it was still very important to me. But having an older brother, I was like, I saw some things that they did and every high schooler does. And I was like, what the heck's happening? Like, that's not how we should do things. And I just kind of did my own thing. Like I still had... But I wasn't like, we have to go to youth group. I wasn't like dragging them with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. So you like learned from him. Like yeah. you saw his actions. Yeah. I saw then, his actions yeah. and I'm like, eh, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, right. And every high school, like I said, every high schooler goes through things. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that stuff. And so I just kind of was my own at that point. Mm-hmm. And I just hung out with two of like the same friends that I had in high school and just made my way through high school. But I still like, I was a part of campus life. I went on like campus life trips, like spring break and stuff. So I still, as much as I could be a part of things. Right. I was. Yeah. So let's wow. talk about this. Cause one of the things we're going to talk about later from the message is the 144,000, like that there was a select group of people left mm-hmm. here during the time of tribulation 
to evangelize, right? So we looked at like some markers. Well, one of their markers was the whole idea of how they grew, like mm-hmm. talked about the word sanctification. So they became more holy. They became mm-hmm. more like Christ, you know, and we were trying to like put it to our own selves. Like how do we become more? And as a mm-hmm. Christian, we should probably each day, not probably, but <laughs> yeah. we should be able to look back yeah. and say, I'm more like Christ today right. than I was right. a year ago. And mm-hmm. so Something that's been interesting on our podcast, Jason, because now you get to come in and give us this other perspective. Mm-hmm. So we've had two young people, which mm-hmm. have been really good, Jackson Pease and Morgan Garner, and they gave us like this perspective of a young person. So the other thing that, and what's going on in their life today. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm interested to say, if you could look at your middle school, high school years, or even that, what I consider the weird post-transition age, mm-hmm. you get out of school and then there's this like law. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think looking at that, I think your perspective of like, what were some markers as a middle school, high school, or, and then as a young adult, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going through the challenge of trying to figure out how to become your own person, how to get married, how to find the right guy, you know, mm-hmm. those things. What were some markers of things that were pivotal to help you and what were some roadblocks so let's just start with middle school what was something that was pivotal in your faith so you said youth group what was there something about youth group as a middle schooler that was like oh that was really pivotal because it helped me get over some roadblocks like made her stay in it honestly when it came to youth group or church in general i am a big worshiper like Mm -hmm. the worship is what kept me there because if I'm going to be honest, like I wasn't one who had tons of friends. Okay. I actually really struggled to fit in. And in middle school, the reason I started Campus Life was because of my older brother. He went to Campus Life. So I was like, oh, I want to go to Campus Mm. Life. Or we both got dropped off because at that time it was in the morning before school. So we just both got dropped off and I was going anyways. Mm. But I had like no friends there. I didn't. I was that one in the corner like, oh, I'm here, but I don't know anybody. But then when I got into listening to the messages or whatever was being shared, the stories and like the worship, that's what kept me there. Mm -hmm. Um, And to this day as an adult, like I'm really big on worship. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about that for just a second because I do think that's interesting because I think the one thing about faith, unfortunately, churches, youth groups are all Mm cliquish. You know what I mean? Like unfortunately, if churches don't like push against this, they really become a click of people of everybody that yeah. knows yeah. each other and youth groups of all of these kids that know each other. So mm-hmm. it's either the popular right. kids or not the mm-hmm. popular kids, or it's the campus life kids or the non-campus life kids. And so any like uh, suggestions, because you're not alone. Right? Yeah. I mean, again, <clears throat> you're not alone in the fact of people that are going through that journey. Cause they could even have a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but they don't have friends at that church right. mm-hmm. or they don't have friends at that youth group. So, ways that you could give suggestions of people to to work through that? Or was it just something you have to work through on your own? I mean, honestly, it kind of depends on your personality. If you're like Jenny and you're super bubbly and will talk Mm -hmm. to anybody, then you're going to be more motivated to just go up to somebody like, hey, I'm Jenny or hey, I'm Jacelyn. Like, do you want to come sit with me for this song or whatever it would be? But when I was younger, I was not that person. I was quiet. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't fit in. So I was very shy about it and I didn't want to reach out. So I just kind of followed Mm -hmm. the crowds. And as I I mean, from sixth grade to eighth grade or whatever, I did end up gaining friends just Mm. by making myself there. So don't stop going, just keep going. And eventually like that will come around. If you are an outgoing person and you 
are brave enough to go up to new people and meet them, do it. But if you're shy and you are nervous for their response, just keep going and mm. eventually somebody will see you or you will find that person who you feel comfortable enough with to talk to. Mm -hmm. And then that's your buddy to hang out with during those times. Right. And or let's just put it back on the people that are at the youth group and mm -hmm. let's put it on the people that are leaders of the youth Say group. Say something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they should be looking for those people that right. help them get connected. Right, right. Yeah. Because there's always going to be that. Not everybody mm -hmm. has right. Jenny's personality. Right. Oh my gosh. What? Yes, you're right. Right. I mean, I'm yeah. assuming you're right. outgoing. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, oh, yeah. I mean, I doubt that you went to the youth group and no. felt that way. No, but I think it's amazing that you stuck it out because that's something like if I would have been in that situation and I were to be shy and quiet, like I wouldn't stick it out. Right. I would leave. I do think eventually the lead the leaders did kind of plug me in with people. Right. Um I wouldn't say they were they were like my best of friends because again they're the clicky, the yeah. popular right. kids sure. in school. And so right. but they were kind to me. Mm -hmm. They accepted me for who I was and they loved me in those moments. And so I did hang out with them. Right. But well, and I think that's the important, nobody's asking for lifelong friendship. Right. They're asking for connection. Yep. Right. And I think that's what we're trying to figure out yeah. is how do we, again, so we could learn this is that as we're going through this, we have a responsibility and the responsibility, because I think people shy away sometimes from relationships mm -hmm. or just having lunch with somebody or going out because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't need another friend. Right. Or I'm yeah. not going to hang out or I don't have something in common. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't always have to have something in common. Mm -hmm. It might be just making a connection. Right. Yeah. You know, in that. Now, let's talk about what I think is probably the most pivotal, because everybody says middle school is the most pivotal, which... I don't I know. Raising kids, middle schoolers is when you want to kill them, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because they lose half of their brain. Right. I swear. I mean, I've said this to every parent. <laughs> I don't know what happens in middle school. And they're like, oh, I don't have that problem. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe your kid will do it in high school. But there is a point where they just, their thinking mm -hmm. gets skewed. And Come it could be for, person. Yeah, yeah. It could be, could be for lots of different reasons. But honestly, when it comes to faith, mm -hmm. right, because we still have good influence at middle school. Yes. We still have a lot of decisions. High school, you know, you still, they're under your roof. You, you have some of that, that young adult stage, mm -hmm. get out of high school yeah. and yeah. now you're out here, right? Yeah. And either did or don't go to college, but I think it's this huge pivotal time. So maybe can you talk about yeah. your young adult journey? Mm -hmm. How did it go? <clears throat> what were some of the challenges, you know, in those times and maybe what we can learn from that? Yeah. So, um, I did not go to school after high school. I just worked, um, my brothers did go to school, so that was different. Mm -hmm. So I was basically went from three to an only an only child because I did live with my parents still. Yeah. Um, I I worked and I I don't know. I just did my own thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't date throughout school, so I started dating in that time. Um, and I feel like. I, I feel like, at least for me, I was doing so much of trying to find out who I was within Christ, but as also like just who I am in that time, because all I knew was, oh, I just work. Like mm -hmm. I just got out of school and now I just work. Like, right. um, so I was trying to figure out like, okay, what is, what's my calling here? Like I'm dating. I get my first relationship. I, it wasn't a bad relationship at all. Um, we had Christ in our relationship, but I feel like because I was a young adult and I was just like hung up on that relationship, mm -hmm. I kind of pushed Christ out mm -hmm. and I was like, this is what I've been wanting. Like I've never dated. This is, oh my gosh, so great. Um, which then Christ kind of like kicked me in the butt for that. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Um, so do you I, think that's, I mean, not to interrupt the complete flow of it, but I mean, do you think that as women, is that an issue coming out of, cause the funny thing is, is like my kids, two of them went to school, you know, my biological mm-hmm. kids, Isaac didn't, you know, the rest of the kids that we took in, Corbin went off for a little bit, but everybody else is like trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. You know, right. you get out of high school, you're trying to figure that out. And I guess for a woman, my question is, is that that whole process of like, okay, now this isn't a, even if you did date, mm-hmm. you know, we all know about the turkey drop, right? So anybody that goes to <laughs> Do you college, know about the turkey drop? No. You, heard, no, you never heard about it? <laughs> I know. I didn't know about no. it either. It's yes. when the, the Christian, like colleges, when they go to school, then they drop their boyfriends. By Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's why it's called the turkey oh. drop. Because yeah. they got this high school relationship. Yeah. Like very few relationships make it mm-hmm. from high school on to college, right? right. right? And is, is, is that reason? Because now you have the freedom to do something different mm-hmm. and you're yeah. kind of exploring and you're trying to find yourself. I mean, right. is that, is that what that journey looks like? And even what it was like for you to try to like in that time was the main priority. I guess that's what I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of. So in high school, it's like middle school, high school, graduate, you live in a Huntington, so right. in a Christian community, right. regardless of what anybody says. I mean, this isn't the West coast, right. you live in a Christian community. So all of that's kind of there and there was nothing really to distract you. Right. You mm-hmm. get out and now you're like, is is it because like, oh, that was my main focus is I want to be able to find somebody. And then once you get, then it's not just for you. I think it's for, once you get the attention or you right. find that person, yeah. does that tend to switch? Mm-hmm. You know? I think so. Yeah. Especially because like, I mean, you see friends and everyone date through high school. And if you don't, then you want that so badly. And then after high school, you're like, okay, now I'm an adult. So I mean, not for everybody do you date to find your soulmate. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm young. But if I'm going to date somebody, I'm going to date somebody who is a potential like forever. I'm not just going to put myself out there and just date. Like, And that's how you've always felt within dating. So like even in high school, you would have felt that way too. Okay. Um, I was very adamant on that. Um, And that's hard to do as a young person. Yeah. Especially, yeah, like... Most people aren't dating to marry. Yeah. So I feel like I was more focused on that person and trying to figure out, is this who God wants me to be with? That I was so invested in time and like figuring out who he really mm-hmm. was and that I just kind of shut God out. Right. And I didn't let him speak to me through. And right. then fast forward a little bit, we got engaged. And then like three months after engaged, he left me. It was like the hardest time in my life mm-hmm. because I was like, was I was so blindsided like our relationship was great I had bought my re- wedding dress my parents booked the venue like oh my everything gosh. we were six months <gasps> from our wedding and he just and that left. was your first relationship first relationship um but at that moment although I was so like distraught and broken mm-hmm. Christ spoke to me again and like was like this is why that's mm-hmm. not who I want you to be with mm-hmm. and I found myself within within him in that breakup which was what what I was so desperately looking for that whole Mm. time Mm. was my relationship with Christ. But I didn't let him in because I was so like, oh, this is who I need to focus on. I need to focus on him. But that's not what I was supposed to be doing. Right. Um, And in that time, like I said, I found who God was calling me to be. And like that 
I don't need another man to feel loved. I mm-hmm. need God to feel love. Mm. Like he's who loves me. I don't need to depend on someone else to love me. Yeah. Right. So that was but a you still very... desired a relationship. Right. Right. Because right? I think that's this. I mean, you've talked about it mm-hmm. before. Like, I don't need a man. Right. You know? Right. Right. But you do need a man. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is that balance of like, how do you do that? Right. Of like, you're right. God fulfills me. But there's something about. I think Mm -hmm. about like, I still want to be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really hard because especially when you're dating to marry, like, Mm -hmm. and you haven't, say you haven't like had that attention for a while, or, you know, you've been so strong on your own in that sense that when you get it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. And you do kind of like collapse and like everything just falls. Right. And you kind of lose your head in a sense, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Well, can we take just a quick break? Because I don't. We haven't talked about this for a while, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this is a topic of conversation. I think comes up multiple different times, mm-hmm. and I have an opinion, but a lot of my opinions based upon. My we like past. your opinions. Right. No, no, no. I mean, it's based upon all you know, right? right? Like all of I know is so people know my story. So mm-hmm. Sherry, it's the first person I dated. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that I loved and the person I married. Right. Right. After Sherry died, I had this whole like, oh, man, I mean, I I want to be remarried again. But I have heard stories of people dating. Mm-hmm. And I because I've never dated. Right. I, mean, I dated Sherry. Right. Wow. That's it. I know. Right? That's then, so amazing. Then I hear these like. Oh my gosh, you show, I've heard them from you. Like you should. I scared you. No, I'm just saying like, I've heard these, no, I'm like, I hear people talk about these online dating experiences and then you, and I like, they show up and Mm -hmm. the guy's a creep or the girl's, you know, a weirdo, you know, I'm like, so I prayed. I said, God, listen, I want to get remarried, but maybe I'm just weird. Maybe I dismissed my wife. Maybe I don't know what it was, but I'm like, (laughs) weird. No, I'm really, I'm thinking like, because when Sherry was alive, mm-hmm. first she said, never get remarried. Right. So that's one thing that she said. So that was a little bit of a pressure. And then the second was, is like, she was everything I ever wanted. And right. I always said, why would I ever get remarried? Like, mm-hmm. who'd want to start that whole process over? Right. Yeah. Right? So then I came up with this criteria. So I had five things. I said, I'm not going to date. Mm-hmm. So the person is going to have to, like, somehow we're going to have to have a connection that's not involved with oh, you were looking for someone. Mm-hmm. And then I went through the rest of the criteria, mm-hmm. right? So it seemed to me like a huge impossibility. Right. But I didn't want to go out and try a bunch of people out because, I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but I think a lot of women are crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and so I really don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really want to go down the crazy lady road, yeah. right. you know. And you get that wrong like, one and you're stuck no, for No, I'm while. just saying, like, I don't want to go through all of this Dating sucks. Yeah. Right. And (laughs) dating at my age, too, is like, it feels like you might end up with crazies. Yeah. You know, in the process. So I, and that was one of my things. I don't want to be crazy. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, ends up, so I meet Sarah, you know, the, the person Mm -hmm. that I'm dating now and we're, I mean, this might be a news. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to be marrying her at some point. I I figured, I figured you would be. I haven't asked her this yet, but we talk about it. Oh, well, I mean, I, now she knows. Yeah, it's the, the tip the of podcast. the tongue. I know the you regret it. I regret it. I don't sometimes. regret it because we've been talking about it, but it's just logistics. You know, I have a, you know, there's a lot of people at the church that have an opinion. Right. You know, well, and anyway, everybody's going to have an opinion. But the point was, so I prayed and I didn't have to date and I met somebody. And the funny thing is out of all those five things, Sarah mm-hmm. met every one of them. 
That's wild. All awesome. of this. So I, so this is only my experience. Right. So I'm not saying it's right, right? So I'm just saying it's my experience. Right. But I wonder, should we be approaching relationships with the idea of, I only want to be with somebody that I'm going to marry because every yes. other piece gets weird. Yes. Right. And that's, but, but again, how do you do it then, Jenny? Because you are dating. Right. And I don't mean it bad, but no, like, how else do you do it? So it's hard. Those of you, I think, would agree with this, with what I say. Mm -hmm. the, the other person in your life is so significant in your spiritual walk that you can't even put a, you know what I mean? Because that's one of the things I said. Like, right. I have to find somebody that will make me a better man of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like that person, that's mm -hmm. what Sherry was for me. That's what Sarah has become for me is somebody that makes me a better man. Right. right like, she'll right. look at the things that I'm like. You know, well, I said it earlier, like mm -hmm. things that I think are right. And she'd be like, stop. Like that's Thank the goodness for Sarah. <laughs> like, that is wow. the wrong idea. Yeah. But that's what your mate does right. for you, right? right? That person makes you better. That person challenges you to become a better man or, or mm -hmm. woman of God. So I think we would all agree yeah. that our spouse can do one of two things. They can either tear us down yes. because that's the other part about a spouse that I don't think they always realize is, how much they have an effect oh, you know, absolutely. on our spiritual walk and our spiritual yeah. journey. But on the side of like, on the positive side of it, I mean, they have a huge influence. So we know, I don't know if the right word's picking the right man, picking the right woman. Would I that think be it's the right word? leading by God. Yeah. Like you had your five things. And I've heard that from multiple people that have given me advice because I've heard a lot of advice. And I'm not dating. trying to give you dating no, advice. I know. You I don't think, no, way. I don't think you are. But that's what they always say. They write down your list, pray about it. Like, and then that's like what you should go by and mm -hmm. stick to it. And a lot of times I feel like we're not sticking to our lists. Oh, really? Yes. So, so you I, think that's why I've get... done that before. Oh, yeah. So okay. I'll be like, Oh, well maybe like, maybe they'll grow into it or maybe that's not what God said. Or, you know what I mean? Like just justify it because you want something so bad. I agree on that. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with my second relationship was mm -hmm. I was like, I had that list. Yep. And then I was like, Nope, like, let's just see. Right. Because dating is hard. Yeah. And it's like you and don't want to go back out and yeah. start everything. Yeah. Yeah. And but I do like if you get rid of that list, then you're not going to find who that husband should be. Like, right. Because that's not what God wants you to mm -hmm. be. I mean, God tells you this list some way, somehow. Right. And oh, if you yeah. don't, I mean, if you shut it down and do what you want to do, then in the end... Oh, I've you dated without not. a list for years. Yeah. You what? I've dated without a list for years. Yeah, and so, again, because I kind of landed on the fact of, I don't know about the whole, like, high school dating thing. Like, mm -hmm. people date so many people, and I'm like, Judas Priest, like, that's a lot of people, yeah. you know, to mm -hmm. think about. Because, I, I mean, you know what's funny? I, I said this to, to Sarah is, is that, so Sherry dated before me, mm -hmm. and I can remember. So we were married for 20, almost 29 years. Mm -hmm. I can remember... In the first years of our relationship, uh -oh. when she talked about those guys, <gasps> did it make you jealous? Oh, like I, that fire inside of you? No, no, I can still think of like yeah. inside of me. Mm -hmm. There is still a makes you feel oh, crazy. I have to compare myself to the people yeah. that they dated yeah. before. Yeah, yeah that's because, terrible. And I'm like, isn't that weird? Like 28 yeah. no, or 29 years later. No, I don't think that's weird. So the point of all of that is like. I feel like I'm a pretty level-headed, non-emotional type person. And if it has that kind of yes. effect on me, yes. what is it like to enter into a marriage relationship or a relationship with somebody that's dated 50 people mm -hmm. or 60 people right. or 10 people or I don't know. I mean, so it's terrible. No, no, I'm saying, but what would be our advice more than anything? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, that's a personal experience. If you were giving advice 
to young people today when it comes to this whole idea? How do you find the right guy or how do you find the right girl mm-hmm. without the way that it's done today? Because wouldn't we agree today that the way that it's done is it's you, on just looks. Go, you just go out on a bunch it's of people. It's on looks, yeah. Yeah, I, I if I was to give, okay, my child, for instance, he's, he'll be 10. He's not dating anytime soon, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Isaiah. (laughs) When the time comes to give him advice, yeah, it's to wait. Okay, do Mm -hmm. not settle. Yeah, okay, because his dad would agree. His dad and I both we were the third for each other, like third Mm -hmm. relationship, and we our cross paths Mm -hmm. so unplanned. Like we weren't even looking like nothing. It just happened. And if I just wait, wait on what the Lord is calling you to do. Yeah. Wait on who he's bringing into your life. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't, you're going to settle just because, oh, he's a good looking guy or, oh, he. You think you're in love. Yes. You have all these assumptions of, oh, he's so sweet. He's all this. But then if he's not really who Christ wants you to be Mm -hmm. with, you're going to soon find out like, oh, he's not all of these things that I want in a husband. Right. Right. So it's just terrible in the end, because like you said, how you felt that, like those feelings, you weren't even like necessarily with the person. So like soul ties in a sense, Mm -hmm. like once you are with somebody, then you are connected spiritually because you're not supposed to be man and wife one. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of jealousy that you had is like the same thing, but like 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say don't compromise on your list because your list is what is going to give you happiness. It's going to give you a real marriage. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you real love and everything else is just lust. So yes. how, so how does, cause we would agree. And I don't think you're going to change this. Most people start with physical attraction. Right. Right. Like, I don't think you're ever changing that. No, I think to tell somebody, no, no. Oh yeah. Just overlook whatever. Like, yeah. Because it's not even whether beauty is in the eyes of every person, right? Mm-hmm. Different people see right. what's beautiful inside of a, different woman or a different man or what they like. Right. But it's always got to start with something, right? Yes. No? I think so. no? So, I don't know. Okay, so it's just funny because how you said I just don't know what's about to come out of your mouth because I know some situations for me. How you said, like, the physical attraction. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to be attracted. Mm -hmm. And my husband knows this, but... I was not attracted to him. I at knew first. you were going to say this. What? I, I like he's. I was like, okay, he's a good looking man, but he was not my type of guy. Mm. Okay. I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. So hmm. we're talking, we're whatever, hanging out. Um, funny story is he asked me to be his girlfriend. I said yes. A week later, I was like, nope, can't do this. <gasps> Completely Ooh. like. I couldn't do it because I because it was not I your type. I, yeah, I yeah. could not find yeah, that yeah, physical yeah. attraction. Like hmm. I was like, he's handsome, but he's not my yes. type. Like I don't see myself with him. Okay. And I prayed about it. I was like, let me just pray. Like I need to figure out where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I prayed for a couple weeks, and he he told me at this time. He said, "I'm I'll, I'll wait for you." Like. Aww. He literally was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'll wait for you. I'm like, that's the sweetest First of all, that's ever. like, what? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, he gave me my space. He let me pray. And we connected again. And now I think he's like the hottest thing ever. And you know what? That probably <laughs> opened your eyes and made him even more attractive because you've never had somebody wait exactly. like that. Exactly. You know that's all you've ever wanted. You're making me feel bad for my list because you know one of the things on my list was? <laughs> what? She has to be hot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm the same Way. I feel bad. <laughs> I said it makes you feel bad now because the list of things I said to God is like, yeah. I went through all these things. Yes. And then one was like, 
She's got to be yeah. hot. Listen, I was like, I'm like, is there a godly man out there that is sexy? <laughs> yes. Because I'm just about to be like have a bunch of golden retrievers because it's like I could find a husband really easily if I wanted to, but I have like I have to be attracted. To yeah. Them. Yeah. I was the same way. I was like, that's he's a cool be. story though. I know yeah. how. Again, that's something that a lot of people could learn from. This yeah. is that. You know, maybe it wasn't that initial, but now you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's hot. Yeah. Right? And I've like, heard uh, that, but I just, I, I can't. It was so you weird. You can't get past the first week? I, I can get past the first No, I mean, that's what no, you said, right? I like did. They were, no, I did. And I just got to a point, like, it was like a month, a couple months in, and I couldn't do it. And this was Even like, though it was like a great guy. Yes. <clears throat> really? Like, yeah. Definitely. And this was like a couple years ago. He came to my baptism and everything. Okay. Yeah. But I just, I couldn't do it. Like, okay. and I tried. Yeah. But I and think I that's neat. Yeah. yeah. I don't think everyone could. Mm-hmm. Cause that is hard. I mean, you do have to be attracted to your partner. Right. right. But thankfully for me, like. But in the end you were. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys were going to give advice though, cause I think that's where you are now. Yeah. Right? So now you're saying. You gotta. If you have a list, the only way you're gonna know whether or not they're they yes. meet the list is whether they you get to know them. So how does somebody get to know somebody without dating? Like how do you do it then if you're not gonna date? Talking. Yeah. Do what? You know that it's talking first, talking. and then it's dating. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you're talking. We've been. We just get to know each other, and then like if we like each other, may, then he'll ask. So you're your telling girlfriend. me like talking. Mm-hmm. I think it's the stupidest thing I've it's ever not, heard. It's not, though. Because then okay. that's, I mean, what do you, like, say? No, like, I'm just saying you're telling me that talking, texting, yes, or on a phone, right? The that's phone, what you guys consider yeah. talking. Yeah, getting to know each other. Right, so you're See, telling me. I don't know. So yeah, you could get to know somebody's out. list. Hanging out. No, I get the whole hanging out. Like, you know, back in the old days where they had those <laughs> courtship. Oh, I don't yes. even understand courtship. No, really. courtship was you do stuff together as a group. Mm-hmm. So you never do anything alone. So you do a group That's of four so or five boring. people. You, well, but that would be the point is like yeah. you could see how they interact with other mm-hmm. people. Like you could get this whole idea. Like as an example, mm-hmm. if I was teaching my daughters to pick a man. Okay. Right? So if they're in a group of people, uh-huh. start with whether they respect women in a group. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because you could see it in a big group. Like if that guy is a... I'll just give you an example. If that guy's flirting with a bunch of different girls inside of that group, right. run, run, run. Yeah. Because if you think he's going to be loyal just because he's, no, you he's guys not. started dating, right. that didn't mm-hmm. happen. He's a flirt. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not going to go away from being right. a flirt. So you could see that in a group. That's courtship, right? Like you do yeah. stuff in a group. So then do you ever do stuff like just one-on-one? So then once you're courting, you make a decision. There's a guy I can marry. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to start okay. dating him to marry him. So courting is like talking. Well, I just think courting means like you see things relationally happening Mm -hmm. amongst other people instead of talking on a phone. But that's not the world today. Like for me, talking is hanging out. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we text a lot, but like we just hang out more. Right. Yeah. Until that next step of dating becomes and Mm -hmm. then it's. Yeah, the whole idea of courtship was you do it with other people. Because they can be a fake. I've always said this. Like, people can be a fake Mm -hmm. to you, but they can't be a fake in a crowd. Right. Right. Over time, that faker Mm -hmm. comes out in a crowd of people because you see how they interact with other people. And you're saying it's not the world, but we also understand this. Part of what we have to figure out, because right now, today, here's what we know. Mm Divorce rates 60, yeah, 62, yeah. 63% higher than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So something's not right. Right. Because these aren't in, these are Christian marriages, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. in Christian marriages, something's not going right. So I'm always the one who says, okay, we've done this for a while. It's not working. What could we do for younger people to help it change? Like, what would we do to help this dating experience or help this courtship experience 
Because something's broke right. if we think the divorce rate is 67%, it's just going to be normal. Well, what I think is, I think that, first of all, we're not picking the right person. And second of all, we have been accustomed to a world, like it just society is if you don't like something, you're leaving. Yeah. I don't think people are actually like sticking it out. Like when I tell talk to people and I say I'm dating to marry, I say I'm not getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Like I will know you're the right one before like, I'm not getting divorced. We will right. work it out. Like, if we're supposed to, if God tells us that we're supposed to be together, we're not leaving it. Right. Like, right. Nobody's sticking it out. They're just getting a fight and leaving. That's what I think. Yeah, but go ahead, Jason. Sorry, Sorry I no. think, too, a lot of why the divorce rate is higher is because, one, they're settling. Mm-hmm. And, two, if they have children, then mm-hmm. they're they're just like, like, they have children, so they're like, oh, I have to marry you. And then oh, yeah. down the road... Realize that you're not my person, so then they just divorce. Hmm. I spend all I, those years mm-hmm. terrible, yeah, because being together for Be, the kids. oh, you mean being in that time was terrible, yeah, like, just putting kids. It up with, like because yeah. they had children, they yeah. got married, and then realized, oh, this isn't like working, mm-hmm. like something happens, and so instead of trying to work on that marriage and figure it out. They just leave because right. it's easy. We'll just get through till the kids yep. are out. of. But really, you're ruining your kids yeah. in the process. Right. I'm just trying to decide, other than infidelity or other than those things, like what right. is that thing that's going to be so bad in a marriage that you can't work through? Well, I mean, I don't think I'm the right person to ask because I don't think there could be anything besides infidelity. Like I think that, I mean, in the Bible, that's what it says. The well, only reason. There's a huge misconception because people... Even Sarah and I talked about mm-hmm. this. Like, if you look at Sherry and I's relationship from the outside, you'd be like, oh, it must have been good the whole time. Right. right? I mean, no. No, yeah. Well, right. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but, I mean, we went through times where you heard her. I mean, I shared this story. She thought she was a single mom. I was never around, never mm-hmm. gave her the attention she needs. She would say she felt low. Like, so there's tons of stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. what you're saying is we made a decision to change it. You're saying culturally right. people make a decision now to just leave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, time gets hard. They just get sick of each other. Cause I mean, marriages aren't easy. I mean, not that I know, but from what well, I've no, heard from everybody, it also depends if they, if it's a Christ-like marriage yes. versus not. Okay. If it's a Christ-like marriage and they have Christ in their center and they truly believe that they're going to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Right. If they do not, then they just leave and right. they give up. Yeah. Cause so what I've, I've been doing like a bunch of um, devotionals on the Bible app about dating and stuff. And they say that if Christ is not first in your relationship, you are looking to the other person for what Christ should be doing. Yes. And that person can never hold up to that. So once something happens, then you're just out because yeah. you should have been putting everything in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to what we were talking about. So the revelation series, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about, you know, we're in a place where you know, tribulation has started. We're getting towards the end of it. The 144,000 are left, right? Mm-hmm. And the 144,000 are left to evangelize. Mm-hmm. They give us some markers, some things that what it looks like to be uh, somebody who can live in the midst of chaos and still be a Christian, right? Like mm-hmm. they can run the race, they can finish well, they can do all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can go down those roads. So the Put it back to this. So would we say that maybe part of the problem is even before a person starting date, they don't have a solid foundation in Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that the bigger problem is that I we have young so. people that are making decisions to date even though they don't know Jesus? Absolutely. I feel like they are making decisions based on their peers and they mm-hmm. either want to st- like fit in. They don't want to be the outcast. And so they just follow the crowd versus figuring out 
mm-hmm. who they are with Christ first and following his crowd. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so hard to stay. I mean, for me, it was hard. Like I could, I don't know, just it's hard to stay. It's hard to be a virgin in high school mm-hmm. to a lot of people, mm-hmm. like to a lot of because everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you get with a guy and you are coming up to the point and you tell them him no, like he might not agree with that and then go completely against it. And then, so it's easier to say yes than to have you say no. And then like something happened, like mm-hmm. him completely disrespect your, mm-hmm. what you believe in. Right. Or if you're so caught up on, he's so hot, he's the hottest guy. Like mm-hmm. you have the lust for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you just fall into the temptation and do it because you don't want him to leave you mm-hmm. because you said no. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, Again, back to like learning from the 144,000. So they stayed faithful, mm-hmm. right? This was the big thing. So they stayed faithful in the midst of tribulation, mm-hmm. right? In the midst of people dying around them, in the midst of the big, most chaotic part in all of that. And so are we say? I guess this is my question. Mm-hmm. Are we saying that it's hard to stay faithful? Like, like lust can do it or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm trying to right. get that in our minds. So these people would say like, we did it because we're living on purpose. This mm-hmm. is what God called us to do. Are we saying that part of our problem in culture today is, is when the first bump in the road as we ditch yeah. our faith or we ditch our morals or we ditch our mm-hmm. lists or mm-hmm. we ditch our, like, is that the problem? I think there's no list or morals to begin with. Mm-hmm. So then are they Christian? Right. But I, I don't, I don't know. So obviously I'm a Christian. You guys yeah. know my faith. Yeah. But when... A, when a bump happens in my life, mm-hmm. I have a big bump going on right now that I'm working through. Okay. Um, it is hard to stay faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's an ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to feel myself fall off and just stress takes over and I'm just like, it's not going to happen. What's going to like. Yeah. But then I stare back on and I realize, okay. It will happen when mm-hmm. God wants it to happen. Mm-hmm. God's plan, not my plan. Like I find my faith again, but in that very instance when it appears, it is hard. And I think it's hard because of our surroundings, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. society around us. Like, but I don't know. If you are a Christian, yes, you fall off a little bit, but you, you fall back on. Yeah. Right. Because if you you're not, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's great, Jason. I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure that I, I'm saying this the right way. We're right. not trying to make it this black and white. Like, right, right. A Christian's not going to fall. My The bigger thing of what you just said is, is that we are living in a world that's mm-hmm. difficult to live in. And Very. that even as Christian people, certain things come up mm-hmm. that interrupt our faith journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The challenges, right. the challenges of yeah. life and the things that we could do. So let's look at, or take this to the next step of looking at the 144,000, mm-hmm. right? Because part of the struggle to live by faith and continue to become more like Mm -hmm. Christ is because I think we lose our purpose on this earth. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget why we're here and we forget what should matter most. So one of the things that the 144,000 were left. So this was the story. It's in revelation 14, the 144,000 says that they were left and they were marked and sealed. Mm -hmm. Right. So they got a mark on their forehead. That forehead said that they were, Jesus's, they were sealed, so they weren't going to die during the uh, tribulation time. They were going to be ushered into the millennial kingdom. Like, that was all going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And that while they were here, 
because they were marked and sealed, they had one job, mm-hmm. win people to Jesus right. right now. That I think for some people seems foreign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a person's marked, a person's sealed, and their only purpose on this earth. But what is the difference of the 144,000 in Revelation right. than us today? I mean, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Are you marked? Are you sealed? And what's your purpose on this earth? We are, but yeah. it's not seen that way. Right. Like, think, you think people struggle to see it that way? Oh, like, you think people absolutely. struggle to say, like, mm-hmm. listen, here's what we know. Number one, you are marked. Right. So if you are a Christian, whether it's on your forehead or not, or whether you're wearing a cross around your neck, right. you're his. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We know that you're sealed. Mm-hmm. Right? So we know that regardless if you die, you you don't die. Like, that's the whole salvation right. Right. message. You're mm-hmm. not going to die. Right? That's the whole idea of you live by faith because at the end of the day, you can't be touched. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you will live forever. So mm-hmm. you are untouchable to a certain extent. Right, right. right. Like you, you're going to experience eternity forever. You will never die. Like that's the hope of salvation. You will never die. It's right. not taught like that. Huh? I don't think it's taught like that because death, I think to a lot of people, especially young people, is something to be afraid of. But yeah. you can't and die. I know, but I don't think that they under, truly understand that. I think it comes down to the parents yeah. because it is a generate, not a generational thing, but it, it's the young people who are first making these decisions on choose their faith or not to. And a lot of them aren't because it isn't being explained to them. I know for like, so my son has had a significant people in his life pass away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his very first response to that is I'm never going to see them again. Mm -hmm. If I were to be like, no, you won't like, no, you won't physically see them here. But I teach him and I tell him, no, you will see them again. You will see them when we're in heaven. If I were not to teach that and like, explain that to him he would not know we don't die Mm -hmm. right and i feel that's where we run into with so many young people is they're not hearing the right the right way of no like yes your body on earth may die but you will see us again in heaven like we we live on in heaven and if Mm -hmm. they're not taught that the right way they don't know that I don't think there are a lot of true Christians on this earth. Well, I, I just agree. think that, I mean, again, so the the hope mm-hmm. of eternity, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm trying to decide what are we preaching then? Because again, we all know, I mean, even if you haven't experienced it mm-hmm. like right next to you, life is short. Right. I, I will mean, say too, like being young, like I still remember a lot from my, ch- my childhood. Mm-hmm. The messages I heard in church back then mm-hmm. to the messages you preach today mm-hmm. are 150 completely different. Like you are actually speaking truth to us. That's like, this is in the Bible. This is from Jesus. This is truth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like before when I was younger, the messages I heard was like beating around the bush to yes. get to that truth Yeah, mm-hmm. because Definitely. they didn't want to put out you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Right. Like that was, was like too harsh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge thing too. Like if, I mean, I feel like a lot of it depends on the church you were at mm-hmm. and also like the pastor. Like if you're going to preach the truth, you're going to preach the truth. You're not mm-hmm. going to be beat around the bush because it's too hard to say, talk about hell in church. Like right. you don't want to scare the little kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so a little precursor, two weeks, <laughs> right. Taylor's going to be preaching when I'm coming back. Here's yeah. your PG-13 R warning. We're Damnation. talking about hell. Yeah. We're talking about hell. So, I mean, like YOLO, you only live once. Yeah. Okay? Every, the world is surrounded by... No, wait a second. A young, a, you've never heard of YOLO? 
Is that like an old you, thing? No. Well, I mean, it's like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. YOLO. So okay. it's a YO, antonym. Y-O-L-O. No, not an antonym. Yeah. Is it an it antonym? It doesn't matter. Just keep okay. saying it. So yeah. you are only, wait. You only live once. Right. So yes. YOLO. It's That's what you like said that. a second ago. You only live once. Yeah. You okay. only live once. So okay. people are taking that like literally. And I mean, you just said that people think that it's a short life. So mm-hmm. with the short life, they're going to tearing it to like self and want to do anything that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And Christ isn't a fun, not necessarily a fun life. That's a bad way to say it, but it is a hard way to live. And we don't want to live that in a short life. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've always said this It's weird when people have bucket lists. Cause mm-hmm. I don't really have a bucket list and here's the reason. So, and Sherry loved to travel. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, I'm only doing it because you like to do it. Because when I'm in heaven, I don't have to drive 17 right. hours to the mountains. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to go to the mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to see all the beauty and it's going to be without sin. Mm-hmm. I don't have to see it here. Right. I don't have to see the world. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do everything here because at the end of the day, when I move from here, it's going to be so much easier. Mm-hmm. Why I'm here, the only thing that I can't do here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The only thing. You know, in heaven, the only difference is here, I can make a difference for eternity. Mm -hmm. Right. All the rest of this stuff, relationships, bikes, motorcycles, Mm -hmm. cars, money, business, travel, all of those experiences, Mm -hmm. I can do in heaven way easier than I can do on this earth. Right. The only thing I can't do up there that I have to get done here is I have to reach people. Yeah. Because once it's done here, that short amount of time, I only get one chance at reaching people. But why would I waste time reaching, not reaching people so that I could go off and waste my time doing something else that I could do in heaven someday and it's cheaper. (laughs) It's not going to cost me anything. I don't have to travel. And again, I'm not going at not saying that you shouldn't travel, you shouldn't experience life. My point is I've watched people, if you're saying you only live once, Mm -hmm. have sacrificed their mission on this earth so that they can experience everything here. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? Self. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like with the younger kids, they either are forced to believe in heaven and Jesus and everything, Mm -hmm. or... They are like, yeah, I believe heaven's a thing, but I don't believe it's like what you just said. Yeah. So they have different views on what heaven really is. And so they become selfish on earth and are like, well, when I'm in heaven, like I'm just in heaven. I don't, I don't go out. Like, it's not ex- yeah. Like it's yeah. not explained. Like heaven is literally like. Heaven is like earth. If yes. anybody wants to know, we're going to talk about this after hell. Mm-hmm. Like He created this that mm-hmm. you're on today. Yeah. And it got corrupted by sin. But this is what he wanted. Right. He wanted people to have purpose. He wanted people to have relationships. He wanted people to have do things. He wanted mm-hmm. people to experience things. It's just sin entered the world, and it's way harder now. Where right. When he creates the new earth that we're going to live on with him forever, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing, but without the corruption of sin. Right. Without yeah. the restraints of a decaying body. You're it's still going to have so a body. Colorful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so colorful. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's going to be beautiful. That's Unicorns. why I always tell people whether you believe it or not, you should go watch the movie The Shack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the one experience he has to be able to see Lucy. Am I going to say it wrong? I don't know. Whatever I, her name is, he sees her in heaven and she's up there playing and she's enjoying. I mean, I'm like, 
this is what people need to get in their mind. Right. Right. You know, that, that heaven is going to be like this God, the creative God. You think he's just going to have us sitting around. So to my point of it is, so I only get a short amount of time here. Mm-hmm. I'm not wasting it. So I'm not going to waste all of my money, all of my resources and all of my time getting everything that I want when someday, right. you know, or giving my kids everything that they want. Right. The only thing that I can give my kids on this earth that I can't give them in heaven, salvation. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only thing. Yeah, right. I can play ball with the kids up there all day long. They can, we can play yeah, every sport. None up of there. your joints will hurt. No, that's my point. Yeah, like, I can, can be out there playing with them. I can mm-hmm. run so many marathons that's and my not point. get injured. Can, and you could be up there doing it all day long and you're going to be good at it mm-hmm. and it's going to be fun and you're yeah. going to enjoy it. There's yeah. going to be no restraints and you're not going to be tired. And you're, you're not going to run out of innings. You're not going to run out of quarters. I mean, you're just going to be up there having fun. Mm-hmm. Again, when I say that, I mean, you're going to be having purpose and doing all that stuff. But so why on this earth? earth, those things, because I'm not saying you shouldn't do all these things, but why would you sacrifice the only thing, Mm -hmm. the only thing Mm -hmm. that you are here for, for the things that you can do in heaven for all of your life? Because they don't believe it. Yeah. And you're saying because people don't teach it. Don't teach it. They don't don't believe believe it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's either two of those sayings. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So we need to do a better job right. teaching it because mm-hmm. again, that's what the the hundred forty four thousand showed us. This, mm-hmm. right? They showed us that you'll never die, right? right? That was that was what they were supposed to see. They showed that you're marked as a child of God, mm-hmm. right? So they had it on their forehead, mm-hmm. but we should have it in the way that we live our lives, right? Right? Like people should be like there. They would have said, "Look, that person has a mark. They belong to." Jesus, mm-hmm. these people have a mark. They belong to Satan. Mm-hmm. Here's the group that nobody's marked with. That's that's the ones that are uncertain. Mm-hmm. You know, the but, ones that you need to reach. But what's the difference? I mean, we're the same way. I mean, you're marked by God. You're chosen by God. You're a child of God. Yeah. You're a son and daughter of God. Same thing. Now, the other part of it, and this is where I think we lose focus. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we lose focus so often. They were here for one reason, to evangelize people. Mm-hmm. Bring them into the kingdom. Right. Isn't that the same reason we're left? So they were left during tribulation. The reason, do do you think people believe today? Like, just use Nick as an example. Do you think if God was done with Nick on this earth Mm -hmm. for his purpose, he would take him out? Yeah. Yeah. Take him home. Yeah, it's a sinful world. Why would he? You need to be here. No, I'm asking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? Do you believe that while you're here, you have a purpose on this earth, and when your purpose is done, it's time to go home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should have been dead a lot of times. So, like, humanly speaking, I should be dead. So, there. I mean, there's only one reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're still alive because God's still working something out in Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Right? You're still trying to figure out. I said the same thing. When Sherry got her diagnosis as she was dying, Mm -hmm. I mean— Regardless of whether it's right or wrong, people can hate me all day long. I'm like, Josh, the kids' parents that we took in, right? Right? Why didn't they die? Yeah, I know. That's that's what. Why didn't they? They tried to kill themselves, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? They tried to do everything possible. Yeah, she's a faithful servant. They're out trying to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. They stay alive, and you're going to take her. Mm -hmm. That's what people hang on to. But here's the reason. But this is what you got to get to. As a Christian person, what do I believe? Do I believe Sherry's purpose on this earth was done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't, what am I going to spend the rest of my life doing? Right. I have to believe, and I have to believe the same thing. When my, I believe this, and I, and I'll say this beyond a shadow of a doubt. I believe that I am sealed, mm-hmm. protected, 
guarded, taken care of. And when my purpose is done, regardless of what's happening, no matter how healthy I am or what's happening in my life, I will leave this earth. Right. Yeah. That's it. So I don't live in any other way, but with that, Mm -hmm. when I'm done, you can't cut it short. You can't cut it short. Nobody else on this earth can cut it short. Right. When it's over, it's over, it's over mm-hmm. and he's going to take me home. Mm-hmm. But until that time, until that time, I'm going to run as hard as I can and do the only thing at the end of the day that I can't get done in heaven. Right, right. Now, do I enjoy life? Do I have fun? Do we go out on the boat? Do we, you know, we had this big softball game yesterday, you know, for 4th of July. Do I do all of those things? Do I have fun? Yes. But why? Reach people. Purpose. Yep. There's only one reason. Do we yeah. have these big get-togethers? Because you know how much it is to do a big get-together? Did mm-hmm. you have a big get-together over 4th of July? No. Did you? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much work is yeah, it? Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do it? So mm-hmm. everybody can be tired at the end? So we have to clean up a big mess in your yard? Right. Why? The only one reason. The only reason I'm going to put that kind of work in is because I might get a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might get a chance to reach somebody. The only reason, again, you think of, nobody sees this, but look at, if somebody could walk into this room and get a picture, somebody should swing the camera back around and, and look Nick, at all the stuff that Nick's put together. I in know. Here. Why? Purpose. Purpose. Why? Purpose. It's the only reason. There's only one reason we're doing this podcast. There's only one reason we're preaching messages. Mm-hmm. There's only one reason we put social media posts out. One reason. It's the only thing at the end of the day that we can't get done when we're gone. Right. So mm-hmm. we're going to stay focused. So how do we, and again, because we're getting close to time. Yeah. So how do we help people live on purpose? Because that's what I took away from the 144,000 mm-hmm. the most. They lived in the midst of the worst time ever known where God said, if it wasn't cut short, everybody would die. But they stayed focused Mm -hmm. and they stayed on purpose. What was the difference between them and us? And what can we do better, you know, to stay focused or to live on purpose? Mm -hmm. So Jenny, thoughts to our crowd before we get to that? I think that people during those times or the 144,000, like people will assume that, well, they had a purpose and they knew it. Like, I think... They would oh, think, you're saying they thought, okay, God said, I choose like, you, 144, yes. here's your job while you're here. They know it's so the end of times. Because God told them their job, they're going right. to stay focused. Right. They see it around them that they know end of times are here. Like everything just makes sense to, oh my gosh, like I should do this. But here we have a book that you either believe or don't believe, mm-hmm. or you believe off of somebody else's faith. Mm-hmm. And it's really... I just don't, I don't think that people are putting the words together. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're reading it, but they're not getting it. And it's really, you have to be faithful and you have to genuinely like, I don't know, like God has to speak to you and like see that it is real mm-hmm. because you're just going to be living a life and think that it's your life, mm-hmm. not his. Yeah. Good. Jason thoughts. I also think to, to fall back on Jenny, it also depends who you put yourself around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you put yourself around people who do believe that they're going to help grow and help you understand what that fully means. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you're just stop- stopped in your own little path of now it's just you trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a huge too, especially in like with today. Yeah. People. Yeah. I know like, especially raising children. I mean, my child wouldn't know if mm-hmm. if we didn't yeah, know. For sure. Like, and I know too with that situation, he his bio family is 
it's not, they don't believe, they don't go to church, right. they don't. So he battled the back and forth. Mm-hmm. But since he's been with us and not with them, like he understands and he reaches out and he's like, well, I'm, I will pray and I'm listening for God to speak to me. Mm-hmm. So he wants that so badly because he sees us do it or he sees us talk about it mm-hmm. that he's trying to figure it out himself too. But if he were to do all that with his other side, like he wouldn't, it would just go back to, yeah, it would nothing. just, yeah, it would yeah. be nothing. It wouldn't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll challenge my, my focuses or my challenge is the same thing I gave on Sunday morning. So start with this. Mm-hmm. Go home today. After you listen to this, go home today or this week, write your epitaph or write your own eulogy. What do you want people to say about you at the end of your life? Mm -hmm. You're dead. You're gone. What do you want people to say? What's your legacy going to be? So if somebody gets up and talks about you, what's your leg? Is your legacy going to be? I traveled a bunch. I did, you know, I did all of these things on this earth. Or is your legacy going to be? I invested in the lives of people that make a difference for eternity. My fear is if you're honest, so you're going to write down what you want people to say. There's not one person in this room or listening to this podcast that doesn't want their legacy to be had an impact on eternity Mm -hmm. for people. Right. Right. Everybody wants that legacy, Mm -hmm. but then take an opportunity and be honest. Is that what you're doing? Is that if you took your epitaph and said, this is what I want my legacy to be. My next challenge is, is that how you're dividing up your time? Mm -hmm. Is that how you're dividing up your money? Is that how you're living your life? My guess is for a number of people, what they want their legacy to be and how they spend their time, money, resources, and assets is not going to lead to that. Right. And they're going to be disappointed when they get to the end because nobody's going to get up there and say, oh, he's such a terrible person. They're going to get up there. Great guy. Love. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to go through all. But what about eternity? Mm -hmm. Did you make a difference for eternity? And if you're not, listen, all of those other things that are distracting you, you get to do them someday. Right. Yeah. You're going to have them someday. You're going to be around them someday. You're going to have a plethora of those things without sin in it. And Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to experience it, but don't miss the one thing that you can only do on this earth, live on purpose. So that that would be write your epitaph and then figure out, is it true? Is that really going to be your legacy? Mm -hmm. And again, the other part of it is surround yourself with accountable people that will hold yeah, you accountable. Yeah, that's important. Because to me, if you don't have somebody that say, Jenny, today we have a lot of things going on and this is happening, but Jenny, I want you to tell me about your legacy. This is what mm-hmm. I want you to tell me about today. I want you to sit down and tell me what you've done in the past month that was going to make a difference for eternity. I want to hear it. And mm-hmm. I'm not want to hear it like to shame you. I want to hear right. it because I'm going to hold you accountable. Right. If you don't have somebody in there doing that, listen, you're going to fall into the same trap everybody does. Yeah, it's right. easy to slide through those Yeah, traps. you're just going to get busy, you're going yeah. to do your own thing, and you're going to fall away, and you need somebody that can say, just tell me. Because it might just be, you might say, I haven't done nothing. Yeah, right. but then you realize it. Yeah, right. and then you know it, and then you can do something right. about it. Yeah, that would be my advice. So let's end it up with question, Nick. We got one question that came in, and then we'll yes. end it up with that. I do want to say one thing. Yes, yeah, So I think it's crazy, like your one purpose on this earth might be the thing that doesn't get you to heaven. So like if you're planning on, well, I'll just do it when I'm there or, you know what I mean? Like if you're not doing it now, you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I read this thing. Like if you, I would rather be wrong about um, Jesus and whatever than to risk my eternity, like to be wrong or wait, no. 
It was really confusing, but Listen. you see what I mean. See, and I, I'll make this. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I would rather be wrong and ha- live my whole life thinking right. like Jesus than to be thinking that he's not real and then realize that he is right. and then go to hell. And I feel like, obviously, I know my purpose on here is to lead others to Christ mm-hmm. and share the gospel. But for as far back as I can remember, anyone who knows me, I feel like my purpose is to be a mom. Mm-hmm. However that may be. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm battling infertility. I can't have my own child, but I'm a mom to Isaiah. Right. And maybe that's why, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, I mean, I'm I'm in the process of adopting him. Like, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I can't have my own child right now, mm-hmm. I'm still a mom. I'm still being called what God wants me to do. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like how you said like, our purpose is to lead others to Christ, but we all, he also gives us other purposes. Well, that is a purpose too, because right. within that, you could be reaching out to people that are struggling with infertility yeah. and you could show them by your faith, like mm-hmm. how you believe. And then that is a way to get them in. Right. Yeah. I think we have such a stere- not stereotypical, but a small, narrow mind when it comes to purpose. I think yeah. it's one thing and people think it's one thing only when really God gives us each gifts yep. and each things that we use to build the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, I think that I always delineate it this way. Like, we all have roles on this earth. Right. Some we're more passionate about than others. To be the role of a mother is, for some people, a very passionate thing. Yeah. Like, God just instills motherhood mm-hmm, inside mm-hmm. of women. And same for fathers. Like, we're going to be fathers. But mothers with purpose right. is different than mothers. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Like, the role of being a mother with the purpose of raising young people to be mm-hmm. kingdom warriors right. is different than the purpose of just being a mom to be a mom. Right. And I know that's what you're saying, yeah. right, but right. that's yeah. what I always try to help people understand is, mm-hmm. is that I have a role. You know, I always said I have a role as a father. I have a role as a husband, mm-hmm. I have a role as a preacher. I have a role as a friend, but in every one of those roles, they should have some effect right. on eternity. Right. So my role as a preacher, if I got up there and preached messages and you're this eloquent speaker and people walk away and be like, oh my gosh, just is so good, but nobody ever comes to know Jesus, somebody smacked me with a ball bat in my teeth yeah. because that's the... Why do it then? Right. I mean, again, great. You, you're a good public speaker. Mm-hmm. There's lots of good public speakers. Lots of people that could woe a crowd. Right, yeah. But if you're not influencing the kingdom, I mean, I don't get that. The, mm-hmm. You know, and the same as a father, the same as Everything, a mother. Yeah. Everything that we do, the roles that God gave us was because he wants us to use that role for the purpose of furthering his kingdom. So I think that's great that mm-hmm. you brought that up, yeah. Jason. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, Nick, question. Questions. Yeah, I, um, I got two, both from Keeley. The first one is, um, how were or how will the 144,000 be chosen? Yeah, so we, that's a part, maybe we'll clear it up again when we get back into Revelation, but the 144,000 are chose, chosen in the second half of tribulation. Oh. First half of tribulation, the first three years, and then uh-huh. the rest of it is, you know, a different section that's chosen. They don't know if it's, again, is it in that fifth year, sixth year, but it's somewhere in that end of tribulation during the the bull judgments, you know, and the trumpet judgments is where the 177,000, 177,000 are chosen. 144,000? Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, wait a are chosen. Thank you for clearing that up. Of course. Yeah. I didn't want our people to think that it that, was that 177. I... That's a weird number. <laughs> <laughs> I've only written it down a few times. Yeah. Wait, so are the people, can it be people in heaven too? No. There are people so, on earth that are Jews chosen as a remnant. 
that oh, are going to get saved, okay. Jews that come to know Jesus okay. during that time, he's going to choose out 144,000 and they're going to be the ones that are going to be left. Gotcha. They're to evangelize. Okay. And the next one, do any of you feel like you could carry out the responsibilities of being one of the 144,000? Jenny. I mean, knowing like everything that I know and if you would have asked me yesterday, I don't know if I would have said the same thing today, but you are saying that, that we are the role. Like right. every single one of us is the 144,000. So yes, I think I could. Yeah, I mean, and again, carrying out the purpose of becoming more like Christ, mm-hmm. that was one of their purposes. While they're yeah. on this earth, becoming more like Christ. So every trial that they face, see, this is something we need to remember. Mm-hmm. James says it very clearly. We will become more like Christ because mm-hmm. of the trials that we have on this earth. Mm-hmm. Right? So theirs probably was accelerated because there was a lot of trials. Yeah. But we know every bump in the road that we have is to grow us to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So as long as our trials are molding us into or making us more like Christ, even though that there are trials in our life, and that we're living on purpose. So mm-hmm. that if you look at all of your roles, your social media role, you know, here at the church, your role as a friend in the lives of other people, your role as a future wife someday, your mm-hmm. role as a future, you know, mom someday. Yeah, as long as you look at those things with purpose, you know, and that you evaluate how you're doing. Because right. just like that, I would say for Jason and for your you know, future marriage someday, this is how I would evaluate if your marriage is working. Mm-hmm. Are you guys better together as a team yeah. than you were alone? And I don't mean better together in raising kids or better together in doing life. I'm saying better as a team reaching people for Jesus, yeah. right? If yeah. you are, then we're achieving, achieving our purpose mm-hmm. of marriage because marriage isn't just sex and marriage isn't just fun and marriage isn't just kids, right? Right. The whole idea is, is that you're supposed to be better together than right. you were alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Jason, yeah. I agree your, that you could do it, yeah. that you are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the answer. We are doing it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that would be my answer. My answer would be is that the way that I can at least have some assurances is that when I look at the end of my days, mm-hmm. and this is not like the end of my days when I die, like literally the end of my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did it go today? Is what it is, what I did in today and how I allotted my time, mm-hmm. my money, my thinking time, all of that, was it around this idea of the reason that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. put whatever out there. The reason I'm thinking about it is because God wants to use this situation to help this person live on purpose or help this person know who Jesus is. Or Because otherwise, when I get to the end of the days, and it does happen, I think I want to be clear on this, this does happen. Yeah, <clears throat> I get to the end of my day and I'll be like, well, that was a wasted mm-hmm. time yeah. of everything that I did because... Mm-hmm. I didn't get any of it done. Yeah. I was selfish today. I didn't care about anybody else. All I thought about was myself. So, yeah, I think as long as we continue to evaluate and continue to, yeah. to do remind ourselves of the reason that we're still here right. and live with this assurance, right? So live with the assurance that you'll never die. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the assurance. Yeah, everybody that's live with the assurance that you're never going to die and live with the assurance that the home that he's creating for you someday is way better than your home today. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 And if you live like that, then making the reason we struggle with purpose on this earth is because we fall in love with the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, leave. that's the only reason. I mean, just fall in love with all the stuff here yeah. that's honestly tainted by sin mm-hmm. and you haven't really seen your home. And if you could just see your home, you'd want to yeah, go home. Right. Right. You know, you'd never fall in love with all of this half made 
man-made garbage, right. you know, that's on this earth because what's to come is so much better. Right. So do what you can do while you're here. Yeah. yeah. Right, so end us up, Jenny, with how people can get a hold of us, how mm-hmm. people can help support the podcast and what we're doing. Yeah, so the questions that we do, we're just given, we send out a text each month, and or not each month, but each week of who we're going to have. So that's how we got the questions. But you can send us questions you can send us messages if you want to be a um, guest on the roundtable. You can also do that if you know somebody. But we just want to open up the lines of communication because we want it to be, we want you to be here with us in the roundtable. But the number is on the screen and it's 260-408-8383. And then some other ways that you can help us out and, you know, you yourself can evangelize is when I put stuff out there, the clips from this, clips from Sunday, just anything, share them. Share them on your page. That is a way of evangelism that you don't even really expect is evangelism. It's an easy way to evangelize, Mm -hmm. really. And I'll throw this out there. So for anybody that's struggling getting to the end of our podcast because they're cutting out, Mm. this is something I just as a little... It's long. Well, no, it's not even that. It's some people are listening to it, so they'll click on our app. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll lose phone signal. Yes. So if you're struggling with that, also text this number, the 408 8383. Nick will help you understand how to download it because the reason you're struggling when you're listening off of your app is because it's not downloaded. And if you lose signal, you're going to also lose it. But you can download it. It's on every platform. It's on Spotify. Mm -hmm. It's on Apple. Just say it, Nick. I actually don't know. Well, it's everything. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the Podbean app. Right. So as long as you download it, you're not going to have that issue. But we found that's the issue. So if you're just going on our app to listen to it Mm -hmm. and you're not downloading it to Spotify, or if you don't have that going on, it's going to cut off when you lose signal. So that's just a suggestion for you guys that are struggling with it because, again, we'd love for you to obviously be able to listen all the way through. So, yeah. Jason, Definitely. thank you. Yeah. you know, it was great to hear your story and thank be you. able to just see what God's doing in your life. We will be praying for you in the whole infertility journey. Yeah. You know, we've you. seen what that looks like to struggle through those things and just applaud you for your faithfulness mm-hmm. to say, but but as for today, I'm going to be a mom. Right. Thank you. You know, and you're going to do those things. And so we'll pray that God continues to honor that and uses you in all those ways. Mm-hmm. So, Thank all you. Right. So thanks, Jason, for being here. Thanks for everybody joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.